From coast to coast and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio around. Online with Bill Alexander. Good day, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here at WMCK.FM and also at italknet.com. Well, hopefully you guys are doing well among this uh, pandemic that we're dealing with here in the United States and pretty much around the world which is uh, the coronavirus or uh, COVID-19, as they're officially calling it. And uh, we're taking the precautions and we're distancing ourselves. And people are in uh, pretty much everything in the United States is going to be suspended here real soon. But one thing I think is really interesting about this, which I never thought of until talking to my son, who is a theater major at one of the local universities, about what's happening with all the performers that were performing. Now, his show that he was in um, has been shut down officially, um, and he can't do it. He's a sophomore, so he's not able to do it. And I started thinking, what's happening to the people that are making their livings by doing this? And luckily I reached out to someone today and her brother volunteered her to do the program tonight. And most of you know her brother as Kelly Tunney in the Brownsville area. But on the phone line right now, I have Kristen Tunney. Kristen, how are you doing this evening? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing real good. I'm so thankful that your brother volunteered you to do this tonight. (laughs) Me too. <laughs> because uh, when I reached out earlier today, because I had an original guest cancel on me, I thought it would be interesting to talk to somebody in the theater industry in New York or wherever it may be about what's going on there. So um, according to your bio that was given to me, you are a um, equity stage manager. What does that mean? Uh, well, for me, it means that I've, I've just joined the, the union. So uh, the Actors' Equity Union covers um, actors and stage managers. So uh, I joined at the end of last year, uh, 2019, and I've been a member for about three months now. <laughs> okay. So what is going on in New York City? As you and I talked earlier today about, everything is basically shut down for 30 days, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Broadway specifically... Um, also, most off-Broadway theaters, and now with the newest wave of um, regulations, it seems like pretty much everything is going to be shut down because we're not supposed to do, I think, gatherings of more than 50 people as the new federal guideline. So, Which would be very hard to put on a performance, especially with a large cast and then an audience, so you wouldn't be able to do it. So what does this mean to you that they're shutting everything down? I mean, how is this going to affect you personally? Sure. I mean, for me personally, I can um, say I was in rehearsals for a showcase production um, right up until this week. We actually had to cancel our performances. They were supposed to be the last week of March um, at a very small theater. But um, due to all of the the new, you know, uh, pandemic preparedness and things like that, we felt that it was best and safest for our actors and production staff if we just canceled it and and hopefully postpone it for the future. So that was work that I had uh, up until last week um, that that got canceled. And then I'm supposed to start, I was supposed to start another project at the end of this month. 
Um, but that's also looking like it's going to be a no-go. So I'm pretty much 100% unemployed right now. <laughs> so being in the uh, in the union, is there any precaution that they've taken for this, or are you pretty much on your own right now? You know, we've received a couple of communications um, from Actors' Equity since this all started, and I think that, I mean, it's all moving very fast, but they're, they're taking a lot of steps um, for preparedness as this moves forward and as we all look at, you know, increasing amounts of time not being able to work. Uh, I will say when um, this when this first started and there were uh, coronavirus cases appearing in New York uh, for the first time, we had a lot of communication because it's audition season right now, okay. which is a lot of people in a lot of rooms. <laughs> um, so they, they sent us a lot of uh, info about that as well, just how to be safe and, and in those situations. So, with I mean, it's only been going on for, um, what, four days now that you've been dealing with this. Since you're classified as unemployed, and really, from what we've seen from movies and TVs, that most unemployed actors are waiters and waitresses and work these type of jobs. Even the restaurants are now closed. What are you going to be able to do to keep yourself going, at least for a period of time? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a great answer to that right now. Um, I know that uh, a lot of my friends are, are dealing with this situation as well. You know, some people who were in rehearsal for productions that are slated to start a little bit later are rehearsing online um, as an option in the hopes that perhaps they'll be still able to stage their shows. Um, so they're kind of still working. But um, the rest of us are just kind of, you know, looking at our savings accounts and trying to figure out what this is going to mean in the short term. So how do you rehearse online? Uh, so well, it was kind of the way that um, for me, we ended my last project uh, instead of just like getting an email we did uh, go to meeting is a website that we used for a video conference um, and I think that it's something a lot of universities have maybe been using to sort of start getting people back on track uh, with classes and and staff meetings and things like that um, so it's just like a video conferencing type uh, of, of online place to to get together and see everybody's faces uh while you while you work through things okay. so i know some of my friends are using that for rehearsal so i was i was reading an article uh before i started talking to you and they're saying that with this happening they're basically putting in a 1.83 billion dollar industry in 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 suspension because they're going to stop everything for this period of time do you think when everything gets back up to speed, which we don't know if it's going to be 30 days, we don't know if it's going to be 60 days, we don't know if it's going to be 90 days. Yeah. Do you think that 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 Broadway will be able to recuperate after this long dismissal? I mean, that's so hard to say. A lot of these shows are are a very thin profit margin to begin with. Okay. Um, and a lot of theaters schedule things one on top of the other. So, like, for example, Beetlejuice on Broadway was going to close soon anyway, and the Music Man was going to move into that space. So Beetlejuice will never recoup those lost shows, at least in that space, because the theater's already scheduled to have another performance go into it. Um, and, I mean, I, I don't know. There might be accommodations. That's not, you know, something I'm personally privy right. to information-wise. But I would say that there's going to be a lot of losses that are not going to be recoupable after this. Which I, I don't think most of us in in the rest of America understand that because, like you said, when they book, they pretty much, when one closes, another one comes in to replace it and so on and so forth. 
So if you have a backlog, you're going to have maybe one show closing now that may not get the last two weeks. Then you may have another one there, depending on how long the run is, how that's going to affect that. And then possibly another one after that is going to push back. So you're really you're really suspending a lot of things in the air at the same time, not only the, the production itself, but also the actors, the actresses, the stagehands and everybody else. Yeah, there's a lot of trickle down in, in this industry of, of people at, at various levels who are now looking at, at what their options are for sure. Now, what are your options right now? As you said, you're looking at your savings account and everything else. Do you have <laughs> options there or or is your your bedroom still available at your parents' house? <laughs> well, my dad has made it very clear that my bedroom is available okay. at my house. Um, but, you know, I'm trying. The other part of this is that a lot of people think that it's really a bad time to travel. Which, okay. So I'm trying to to stick it out in the city for as as long as I can, just because I don't want to risk, you know, carrying something that we may or may not right. you know, have uh, to other places. So, what are you doing right now to keep yourself busy? Well, well, we're only on day three, so it's still, you know, kind of unclear how this whole thing's gonna shake out in the long term. But um, I I live with a, a roommate and. Um, she and her boyfriend and his roommate and I have all been kind of uh, figuring out how to navigate this together. Okay. So, like, we, we schedule ourselves a, a daily walk where we go outside and, like, take an hour-long walk through the city and try not to, you know, get too close to other people um, and and have activities that we ha- kind of have planned uh, on a day-by-day basis so that we have something to do that's, you know... Um, you know, something that's that's scheduled and like gets us out of our house or gets us all together um, while also avoiding all other people because social distancing is the new thing. So it's just trying to day by day make a schedule for ourselves since we don't really have anything. And I should be clear, I'm kind of the only one of, of the four of us. Uh, well, that's not true. Um, two of us are, are fully unemployed now that the okay. restaurants are closed down and two of us are, um, well, my, my roommate is a pianist, so she is able to do some work remotely, um, and then send the tracks in for her work. Gotcha. But... Now I was going to ask you because of, of, of technology today and the internet, have you thought about doing anything that, that you could do online to substantiate this whole unemployment situation right now? Because honestly, I've read some of your posts and you have the most unique humor of <laughs> anybody that I've ever read before. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you to say. Um, you know, I don't know. I think uh, I, I have some friends who do like um, digital or digital assistance um, and, and virtual assistants and things like that. Um, I think that this is a bad time to try and get into that. Maybe, okay. Since it's uh, probably a little overcrowded market, but that's maybe an option for me. Um, yeah, I really don't. I really don't know. It's something that in the upcoming days and weeks, I think I'm going to need to look into pretty seriously. So how long have you been living in New York? I've been in New York for five years. I've okay. been here since uh, 2015. Okay. And theater has been your main source of income, correct? Yeah. That's, it's very, it's highly unlikely, but it is, it's true. I've been, um, 
pretty much subsisting entirely on on work in the arts since I've been here. I've been very lucky. So my question for you, not that anybody could have predicted this, but has this was this ever anything in the back of your mind that something like this could happen could happen, or is just this totally out of the blue that it's a surprise to everybody? Well, you know, um, I've definitely been unemployed before. You know, when I I came here originally for grad school, I I did that for two years. And then right out of school, uh, I was unemployed for, I would say, a good three to four months. Okay. um, In between, you know, that that fall and the January um, after I graduated, uh, I got my first touring gig. So that was work. But there were a good three months there where I was unemployed and I was, you know, trying to make get go a go of it off of my savings and like occasional day work here and there so i'm not unfamiliar with the idea of like being on the economic edge and kind of having to figure out how to fill my days with things that aren't work um but i will say that's it's kind of a different situation when you're like well maybe this will be the job you know you're applying for things and it's it's clear that there's there are options that that might come to fruition whereas now we're kind of in a situation where it's very clear that there will be nothing for a period of time yeah because now you're not competing with other people for work there's just is no work there just is no work yeah. yeah so i mean i i just i just feel that i mean again it's only it's very early in the whole situation but you being out of work before th- for three months how did that take a toll on you mentally you know, it wasn't, it was not easy. Um, I also, I'm in a much more supportive living situation now than I was. Uh, well, that's, than I was then in just in that everybody is stuck in this with me together. Right. Um, and so that's, that's helpful. Um, but I, I've been very lucky um, always. I, I think I, I feel really fortunate to, to be going through this at a time when there's so much social connection online. Okay. Um, and I have, you know, a lot of, of, resources that I can tap into that way but it it is really difficult when when you're unemployed especially since I'm a person in the arts and and most people in the arts take a lot of satisfaction from what they do and um it's it's often a vocation in addition you know to being your source of of income so I think at times like this it's it's very difficult to figure out what your purpose is from day to day. So I'm going to ask you a question. You, you mentioned you went to New York for grad school. Where did you do your undergrad work at? I did my undergrad at Penn State University in Pennsylvania. Okay. And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm, uh, I'm 31. Okay. 31, yes. Because I can't imagine being the age that I am, which is much older than you, being able to be in a situation like that for the three months that you did, but yet now being in the same situation, which with a situation that you don't know how long it's going to last. And I think it takes a very mentally strong person to be able to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I think sometimes about, you know, how they say to, to young actors sometimes, you know, don't go into the arts if you think you can do anything else. And, uh, my undergrad degree was not in theater and I, when I graduated and I came back and I did theater, um, it, it was very clear to me at that moment in my life that this was what I needed to be doing. Um, it's easy for me to say that now. I might find myself (laughs) very interested in something more lucrative in the very near future. But, um, for, for as long as I've been doing this for the past, you know, 
almost a decade at this point um, since school, um, it, it has just felt like the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. So I, I tr- I'm trying to still follow that, even though uh, now is now is a rough time. What is your undergrad degree in? My undergraduate degree is actually in communications and film video. Oh, okay. That's what my undergrad degree is in. Um, so, except mine, again, I was 30 plus years ago. Um, so, you're doing this, you're, you're being involved with this. What drew you to the theater? I, I've been doing theater since I was um, about 12 years old. I started out performing. So I did a lot of community theater growing up um, and I was homeschooled. So it was really my main social outlet. Uh, I was really lucky to have an incredible community of people who supported me um, doing theater. And that was part of what drew me to wanting to do it uh, as a career. And um, so after, uh, but you know, I auditioned for several different programs when I was coming out of high school and I didn't um, get into any of the ones that I really wanted to go to. So I decided that maybe I should, you know, pivot to a more financially stable career path. Uh, so I studied political science for a while at Penn State. And then I was just I missed telling stories okay. too much. <laughs> so I uh went into film video, which at least got me back into, you know, being part of the storytelling process, which was really exciting to me. Um, got my degree from that and then came back to my town, uh, Brownsville, and I, I lived at home and I ran um, the Geyer Performing Arts Center in Scottsdale for okay. three years. So it, it, it's something that, that you, you enjoy doing. It's something that you take a part of. It's just one of those things, like you said, it's, it, it's part of you that you, you feel the need to do it, but you're doing it as a full-time job. And I think it's interesting you say that people told you that if there was anything else you could do, go do it. Don't do this. Why do you think people are so negative towards theater and towards the art? Or are they just looking for people that are resilient, that are able to follow through with it? I think, I mean, I think it's both things. I think um, this crisis is bringing into light just the instability of it all. Um, But also that's true for a lot of industries at this moment in time. We're not necessarily particularly, I mean, we're certainly one of the hardest hit, but we're not alone in this. Um, and I, I think that it does take a certain, especially in New York, uh, a certain kind of resilience to to be here and to do this. And I don't I don't mean to to say that coming to this zip code is <laughs> the only way to be an artist because there you can you can make art, you can do theater anywhere, and and it is all um, incredibly important and and valid work, but. Uh, you definitely have to have some bounce back to try and and make it here. There, there's just a lot of competition in this city. Okay. Um, yeah. So, because I know right now I have a 19 year old listening to this in the other part of the uh, of the house right now, <laughs> that you uh-huh. also know, and he's he is like crushed because his performance that was supposed to happen within the next uh, three weeks has been canceled. And dealing with a situation like that, 
How do you think, I mean, in your case, how are you going to keep that community or that spirit going on among the actors and among your friends? I mean, I know the four that you're with, you're doing the walks and stuff like that, or, but are you reaching out to, or will you be reaching out to anybody else that were in any of the productions you were with, just trying to keep a dialogue going? Yeah, I think that's, I think one of the strengths of, of being in the performing arts is the power of our community. And I think that even in the, the short period of time that we, we've entered into this um, quarantine-type changing situation, um, we're all very supporting, supportive of each other. And I hope that as a community, this, this does something, even as we're separated, to bring us together. Um, my last show, uh, like I, I kind of was saying earlier, when we finished it, we, we did a whole virtual meeting, which is something I've never done before, uh, a virtual company meeting with all of our actors and creative staff just to, to close out and let everybody kind of be heard okay. at, about their moment and the end of our process. And at first I was like, is this one of those meetings that should be an email? But... Um, <laughs> It was actually really important and a, a very cathartic way for all of us in this very scary time, frankly, to to connect to each other and to see each other's faces and to to listen to um, everybody's thoughts about where they were in the process and the importance that they gave to the piece that we had all been working on and that we all hope to you know see each other again and work together again someday. And I think that that a lot of these shows and, and I feel so, I feel so much for, for all of these kids at, at universities and at high schools and middle schools, you know, at every level who have put so much time and love and effort into doing a show. And now they're not going to be able to show that to other people. Um, that's a really, really difficult thing. Um, and I think, the only thing that I can, you know, say to them is the same thing that, you know, people, my friends and I are all telling each other right now. And that's that, you know, we'll all be here for each other when this is over and we'll keep making art and we'll keep making theater because we've been doing it. You know, our community has existed for hundreds of years and right. we'll go on. Um, but in the, in the short term, I think it's, it's just about treasuring the moments that you did have because every show closes before you're ready to let it go. Okay. Um, and, and now it's just a little earlier. <laughs> now, even do you think with this situation, it will make that community that you're part of stronger because you'll make it through all together. And also, do you think that something like this, because most people like me take the theater and take the arts for granted, do you think it will give us a, a, a better understanding or more of a respect for the situation because of all the work you guys put in and then it being taken away so quickly? Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a lot uh, there's a lot of aspects to that question. You know, there are a lot of people I think who you know this might be their make or break moment where they're not able to bounce back from the kind of financial personal financial crisis that this is going to cause for a lot of people, um, especially if you you know your survival job was in 
a bar or a restaurant and now that's closed too. So you have to make some really hard choices. And I think that part of it is really difficult. And I hope that, you know, there might be some kind of governmental action to, to help those people out just to keep us afloat for, for this little, this short period of time, um, that we're going to need it. But I think, um, to answer the rest of that question about how we're going to come out of this, I'm sure that there will be opportunities in this social um, distancing and social isolation for people to create new new art. And I, I'm already part of, I think, several different, you know, Facebook groups and um, threads online where people are, are using this time that we've been given to to create more. Um, and I think so. I think that 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 is something that is good that come out can come out of this. And I think the connections with other people. I've been doing a lot more checking in on all of my friends in this community okay. in the past few days to see, you know, a text here or a call there to to see how you are and what you're doing and how you're holding up and and how your mental health is. Just because this is it's a lot, and and artists are known to be more sensitive people. So it's 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 been a really I feel very connected right now to both my friends who are in the arts and who aren't because I had a lot of people with like regular regular time jobs who saw that Broadway was shut down and theaters were shut down and or you know people weren't allowed to do organized activities and they would re they reached out to me and they were like hey are you okay what's happening in your life do you need help I'm here and that's made me feel really seen and and supported. So I know this is going to sound um, maybe very cliche or, or even old, but have you started to write down what's going on in your daily life just to document this? You know, that's something that I was saying to um, my roommates that I need to do today. Um, it's definitely something that I, I plan, I plan to start. I started writing, um, some short fiction, but okay. that's not the same thing as journaling. Um, right. a lot of people that I know are, are journaling because this feels like a very pivotal moment in time and to document, especially with how fast everything is moving to document that seems because very important right now. <laughs> I honestly believe in, in 10 years from now or 15 years from now, once this is behind us that this is actually learning information for new students and new people of the theater to make them understand that, yes, you can still do this when things happen. And yet it will get through it all together. Cause I'm sure that it was um, very similar to what happened at nine 11 um, in 2001, which is hard to believe was uh, 19 years or will be 19 years ago when everything was shut down. However, it wasn't shut down for uh, as long as we think this will be. But, yeah. but again, it's still, it's something we can compare it to, but it, it may be just a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're certainly laying a lot of groundwork now for how to respond to crises like this should right. they ever happen again. And in, you know, at every level, you know, governmentally and also in our small communities so that we can learn how to, how to support each other and how to make it through these things for sure. So we've been talking about everything that um, that you're dealing with right now. One question I have for you coming from Brownsville, Pennsylvania. Did you ever see yourself being in New, New York and working on Broadway or was it just something that you had to you, you never it's not that you didn't see it, but it's something you didn't know if it would become a real reality or not. 
Sure. I do want to make it clear that I don't currently work on Broadway and didn't even before this occurred, but (laughs) thank you so much. Um, Being in New York and working in theater, I think it's something that I dreamed about as a, like, as a young teenager, I thought that it was, would be incredible. And then there was a period of my life where I was like, no, that's just a silly dream. I can't possibly do that. And then I, I came back and I just got to a place where I, I really, I didn't know where else to go to learn more and do more. And it seemed like all roads were pointing to New York City. And I have always felt very supported in academic institutions just okay. because I like learning new things. So I thought, well, a great way for me to get to New York um, with a little less financial risk or social risk because I will know what I'm going to be doing and where I will be going and um, I will hopefully be able to take out educational loans Uh, I can go to school so I applied to um, a performing arts administration program at NYU Uh, I was accepted and the first two years I was here I was a full-time graduate student at NYU and I also worked in performing arts studio and then I had internships for theater companies in the city. And I, I'm really glad that I came to New York at the moment in my life that I was ready to. Because if I had come here straight out of um, school, high school, or college, it wouldn't have been the right moment for me personally. Um, but when I did come, I, I really tried to make the most of the city and, and all that it has to offer. And it has so much to offer. It's a huge arts community here. I mean, there's Broadway, but there's also off-Broadway. There's off-off-Broadway. There are, you know, theaters in New Jersey that are regional theaters that I worked at. Okay. Um, there's touring productions. That's how I started uh, working here a lot. I did a lot of uh, TYA tours, Theater for Young Audiences. Um, so I, I can't understate or overstate the amount of opportunities that are here when this community is alive and, and functioning. And and the, and the thing I didn't even think about, you mentioned touring groups. It has to be devastating for them, especially in communities where um, they may be out on the road right now. They may have performed last night, but they have halted everything today, which has to be very difficult for them because you're in the middle of somewhere. Yeah, I I don't I haven't talked to any of my friends who are currently on tour about um, what's happening for them. I do have a friend who was doing a show in Florida, and he thought maybe because his show was going to be in a very small theater that they were going to be able to go on. Um, they had just started rehearsals, and he got word yesterday, I think, that they were going to close it. They were going to shut it down, so he had to come back to the city. Um, and so, the, so I've I've seen that happen for a lot of people that I know too. And I he you know I have friends who are on cruise ships, who are docked. They're just yeah. sitting on the, you know the boat with the crew, and they're <laughs> not taking on passengers. It's just them. I, and I never thought of that. And I know the small theaters, and even the one that's not far from me that you've worked at in the past. I know that they've canceled everything at least for the next thirty days. And that's just how that's going to affect their performing schedule just for the, the the summer when they produce their own their own shows locally. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a big thing I think too. I mean, um, you you always think about like this 
the small disasters that happen, you know, for, for theaters where, you know, a touring production gets canceled on them or something like that. But to, to see this length of time, um, where you, you have to, to eat your losses and figure it out, um, it's it's a big challenge and i've seen a lot of theaters asking if maybe you know their patrons can spare the extra cash to to not get a refund for that ticket and just think of it as a small donation to the building to the business because we're all going to have a pretty big mountain to climb when we when we come back from this and every tiny little drop in that bucket is a huge huge difference um to to these institutions and organizations now you you said your your undergrad degree is is dealing with tv and that have you thought about working in the tv industry in new york or is it tougher to get into that than it would be anywhere else that's a great question um i actually just had to travel to los angeles uh for work and while I was out there, I was doing a lot of sussing out uh, with my friends who work out there okay. in TV and film um, of what that, that looks like for them and what kinds of, of jobs are available. Um, I don't have a tremendous number of connections in, in TV and film in New York, but I'm always you know, trying to, to see if that's the next step for me. I am fascinated by that industry. It's certainly more lucrative if you can get the work than the theater, just because it's, there's just more money there. It's, okay. it's a different kind of an industry. Um, but also to be clear there, it's a, also a very competitive industry. So uh, the short answer to your question is yes, it is absolutely something that I've thought about. Um, I'm just not really sure how to make that transition at this moment in time. And I also know people uh, who like were on a commercial shoot in the city recently and they, they shut it down because they were, you know, all, all for the same reason because of the pandemic. Yeah. And I, I can imagine because I'm um, and this, and this bringing it back, back local to me, um, and also you in, in some senses that recently in Brownsville, there was a Netflix series shot here. Um, yeah. I'm not okay with this. And the talk is the series is doing so well that they'll be back this summer. Well, we don't know what's going to happen now because we don't yeah. know how long this is going to last. And even though yep. it's a small community and they weren't seeing a lot out of it, at least up front, they're getting a lot of residual press right now that they're noticing that's boosting credibility for the town, for the community and for Netflix. And it's going to be a shame if you lose that connection between the two. Yeah. And I think like that's it's funny that we would be talking about Netflix, too, because I think that that's this is a moment, too, where a lot of people who don't necessarily have you know, artists and actors and our industry at top of mind are turning to the stories that we tell um, as we're all stuck in our houses or, you know, our, our apartments during this, this crisis. And, and you, you're trying to distract yourself maybe from the news of the world. So, you know, you can get on uh, Netflix and you can watch a TV series that was shot in your hometown, which is fantastic. But the flip side of that is, of course, that we're not really able to make any art like that right now because of what's happening. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The un- that's a very uncertain uh, future situation. I-, I would think with something in TV or film that, you know, hopefully in the long term that project will still get made. Right. But I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's interesting. And as I was alluding to earlier, is that a lot of people take entertainment for granted. 
And once you go through everything in that queue list that you have on Netflix, on Hulu, whatever it may be, there's not going to be anything there. And yet you yeah. do, do have to understand that these people are making it for you to watch because it's your actual escape from reality. And I don't think people really understand that anymore because it's so convenient to get because you can just turn on a remote, turn on a TV, and then you're there. Unlike yeah. years ago when you would actually literally have to go to a theater to see the production or see the movie or whatever it is. So I'm thinking now this may actually make people appreciate it more than what they yeah. were before. I'm, I'm so hopeful of that. And I'm hopeful, you know, that people, once this... I saw a post uh, by a friend recently on, on Facebook that was, you know, this is really hard for all of us right now. And we're really, everyone I know has had, has lost something, has lost a job because of this, has lost an opportunity to perform, has lost an opportunity to see a show um, because I'm very connected to a very theatrical network. And, and these are people who, who participate in the arts avidly a lot. And, and I saw uh, uh, this post that was like, you know, this is, this is terrible and we've all lost something because of this. But think about that moment when this is over and we are all able to come together again when you are standing on that stage or right. standing backstage or sitting in that seat and you can, you can applaud at the end of the performance and the power of that moment because we are, we're going to all know together what we have made it through. So... Oh, <laughs> it's, I'm getting a lot of feelings just talking about it. <laughs> but just like, you know, that, that we know that there is that light at the end of all of this and that we'll be able to come together again um, when when we're through it and, and to make art again together and to show that art to, to all of the people that we love and that we care about um, having those experiences. Yeah, I, I again, I and, until I was really thinking about it today, I never thought how it was going to affect people like you, people that are working in that industry. But even now with you talking to me, there were other, I mean, there's more things I'm thinking about because I never thought about the touring productions. I never thought about the small theaters. It's a livelihood that's going to be at least suspended for a period of time. And in some cases, for some of these places, it may be gone forever because they may not be able to recuperate it, recuperate from it. And that's what's sad about it is because this had no doing of anybody else's. It's a virus that yeah. we weren't expecting. And unfortunately, it hit us. And I don't know if there's ever a good time for something to happen, but this was not a good time for it to happen because I guess Broadway and that was actually seeing a, a, a revival of sorts over the last couple of years. And this may actually put a damper on it for a short period of time. Yeah, I mean, this this it's a hard industry because because, as I said before, it operates so marginally. And, and yes, Broadway has, has been doing really well lately. I mean, and that's reflected, unfortunately, in very high ticket prices, which makes it more difficult for people to access that art. But it's is ultimately very, very good for the people who work right. in that industry. Um, but now we're kind of in this in this very different place of, of not really knowing whether, you know, what's going to be happening when those shows go back up. And also, yeah, like you're saying, there are a lot of arts organizations outside of New York City in small towns all over the country where they don't know now what what the future holds for them. Um, and I would say, you know, if and I know this is a difficult time for a lot of people, but if you have 
you know, an, an extra few dollars or you bought a ticket to something that got canceled. And I know I said this before, but think about maybe your local arts organizations or your local artists and, and seeing if maybe, you know, there's something that you can do to support them because this is, this is definitely a really yeah. challenging time. And, and when I, community. and when I use the term Broadway, which I shouldn't be, um, I'm, I'm speaking theater in general because we've seen yeah. touring companies. We've seen all this stuff. We've seen what's happening in Pittsburgh, that everything here has been canceled and the local artists and actors here are, are going through it. The uh, stage hands and everybody else are suspended. However, in some cases and in the article i read earlier that even the people that are managing the houses there's always going to be something to do there because those places are not always in the best of shape and they may be able to get work done while while they're off but still it's going to affect everybody in some way shape or form yeah it's a huge industry i mean and it's a uh, one of the things that i learned in grad school is the reason that you know theater is hard is because it's a people industry right you know it's it's human powered it's human driven there are people on stage there are people backstage we need an audience or we're not really <laughs> doing it for anybody um so it's it's super super dependent on humans being in a room together and and now that's that's not something that is considered safe so um, but yeah, there's a lot of trickle down, you know, it's, it's a wide, wide ranging group of people. Do you think if this goes on for a long period of time, and I know we're just speculating here, but, and I know you can't get the same effect if you would record it, but do you think that they would be looking at something like that, that they would be doing online um, pay-per-view type situations just to get people involved again to keep some of this flowing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly a trend that we've been seeing anyway, I think, with a lot of, of bigger-named Broadway shows and, and stuff like that has, has made itself available. Like SpongeBob the Musical is a, is available for you to watch. Oh, um, I didn't know that. We've been, we've been hearing um, that Hamilton... Um, ha- is is gonna release their their live version of their show with the original cast uh, sometime in the future, and maybe that will get sped up now. You know that that this is happening. Um, a lot of Broadway shows are recorded for posterity, anyways. Okay. So I think it would be phenomenal if if this led to that art being more available to people. I don't I don't know if I don't know if just the digital the if recording things that are happening now that haven't been recorded and, and publicizing those is going to be a possibility. Um, if only because it's dangerous right now to even bring the actors and the crew and everybody together. Um, so I don't know. I'd love to see a version where we, we still get to, share these pieces of art with people. I think uh, something, a great example of that is the Lara Benanti on Twitter. Um, she's a Broadway actress and she has asked, you know, all of the kids whose high school shows or um, any any of their spring shows were, were canceled to tweet them at her. And so she's been sharing a lot of, of content of, you know, different songs from different kids at different schools all over the country who aren't getting to perform them. Um, but she's sharing them on, on her Twitter feed and uh, on her social media. And um, I think that's a really 
awesome way to show those kids that what they're doing is important mm -hmm. and to let people still share in in the art of of it while it's not happening. And I'm glad you brought that up because if you weren't going to, I was going to. <laughs> Because because I do think it's very important. Now, another thing that's related to this, but not really, is we're noticing the arts are disappearing from educational, um, uh, from schools. And we're noticing that this is happening. And with schools being on a um, two or three week vacation or quarantine or whatever you want to call it, what would you recommend parents doing to get their kids to understand how theater works or getting them to watch certain things that may spark some type of interest? You know, uh, that's a good question. I mean, there are a good many live recorded musicals available on Netflix. Um, so I would say that is a, that's a great place to start if you want your kids to, to get the gist of live theater without being able to be in the room. Um, musicals like Newsies and Shrek and um, Spongebob is now on there, I believe. So, you know, all of these that are uh, a great way to introduce kids to the arts. Um, and then I would say if you have friends who are artists, if you know someone who's an actor or, or a theater person, I mean, reach out to them. Those are a lot of people who are now uh, unemployed. Um, and even in your area, there are a lot of people who do community theater who now don't have that creative outlet right. and would love, I think, to digitally um, share with your kids or your family uh, something that they um, are working on or uh, theater game, play theater games with your kids or something like that. A digital uh hangout as opposed to uh, an in-person acting class or an in-person performance class, um, I think would be a great way to, to keep your kids interested in the arts. Because unfortunately we're, we're seeing around here in some cases where the schools are not funding the arts the way they have before. And yeah. in some of the kids in this area that you're familiar with, they may never see a live performance unless they go on a field trip. And that's really sad because they're missing out on such opportunities to see theater in some way, shape, or form, if not in their own school, but at local, local regional theaters or having production tours in. And you said you actually did um, theater tours for students? Yeah, I did. Um, my first uh, jobs when I came to the city after grad school were uh, theater for young audiences. So it was me. Uh, the first tour I did was me and four actors in a van. Um, we toured a lot of the East coast and went up to Canada. Um, and we did a show called Harry, the dirty dog, and it's based on a children's book. And we, we were out for uh, about four months touring with that show uh, and taking it to schools, to elementary schools, to performing arts centers that had bust kids in on field trips, to all all spectrum of, of theatrical venues all, all over. And, and that company is, is still doing a lot of touring. And then um, most recently, um, I earned my equity card doing Theater for Young Audiences touring um, with a production of Peter Pan uh, with Theater Works USA. And all of those companies have had to suspend their operations right now, but um, they have a lot of, of great uh, educational 
options for theater connected to their tours. Okay. And it's a great way to introduce kids to the arts. So when you were in with the four people in the van and traveled the country, <laughs> uh-huh. you, were, you were doing your own costumes. You were doing your own sets. I mean, you did pretty much everything then, right? Yeah, I mean, well, all of that got sent with us. So we, we rehearsed for two weeks in New York City. And then um, the last day of rehearsal, we packed up our van with our set and our costumes and our suitcases and ourselves. And we, yeah, we, we the actors are their own crew on those kinds of tours. <laughs> so they, they unload all of the scenery. You know, you get to a venue like two hours before you're going to do a show. You unload your set. You do a mic check, you do a vocal warm-up, you send the actors to their dressing rooms for a half hour, you let all the kids in, and then you do usually your 60-minute or so um, musical show. So how hard is that after the third week of doing it? You know, it all depends on the group of people that you have in that van. Um, (laughs) And I have been really fortunate to have fantastic casts on all of the tours that I've done. Uh, I've done three, and... That's my first cast. I'm still in touch with all uh-huh. of them. They're incredible human beings. Um, but you know, it can be it can they can be long days when you're you know you're doing two shows and driving, you know, several hundred miles. Um, so it, it's they're people who, like we were saying way earlier in this, are are resilient. You know, they're ready for it. They're they love it, and they care deeply about sharing this art form that we love with new young people who. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll love it their whole lives as much as we do. I just, I just think it's amazing that there are people like you that are willing to do this because (laughs) I don't think the average person would have enough, um, enough resilience to be able to do something for a long period of time, maybe one or two weeks, but not three or four months. And, and just going back and forth and back and forth to these places, because I'm sure you've worked in some very interesting situations where things weren't as they were billed <laughs> and you had to, and you had to make th- think do with things that may have not been 100 percent perfect. It, it has happened sometimes closer to home than you think we did. Uh, we did performances with one of my tours um, in a New York venue, New York City venue that uh-huh. was wild to load into and to perform in. And the stage was so tiny. And it was just, I was very grateful for my very adaptable actors that day because it was it was a new and, and exciting experience for all of us. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the flip side of, of doing touring of that specific kind is that you don't, you never know. Like one day you can pull into a, a beautiful performing arts center and, you know, be treated like royalty and be given a full breakfast and, you know, a full lunch. And uh, there's a crew there who are going to help you set up your whole set and take it all down and do all of this for you. And and on those days, you're incredibly grateful for your job. And then, um, not that you're not incredibly grateful every day, but right. <laughs> then, you know, a couple of days later, you'll, you'll get to a venue and they'll be like, well, your stage is on the third floor and you're going to have to carry all of your scenery <laughs> up the stairs. Yeah, so, that, that would know, be interesting. It's a mixed bag. So with everything going on right now, and if everything was a perfect world the way it was three weeks ago, what would you be doing right now if everything was working the way it was supposed to be? Oh, <laughs> um, I would be wrapping up um, my participation in 
the showcase that I was working on. Um, I would be transitioning actually um, my stage manager duties to a new stage manager because I'm meant I would have been starting rehearsals um, in the next week or so uh, for the off-Broadway show that I had booked and now won't be able to. It seems very unlikely we'll be starting. So I would be uh, in between gigs which is a normal state of being for me, but I, I would know what the next gig coming was, which is exciting. always a good thing. So if you don't mind me asking, what was the off-Broadway production you were going to be working on? Well, I hesitate to say only because I hadn't signed any paperwork. Ah, uh, um, okay. And don't want to... Jinx it. <laughs> spoil my chances should this project come to happen in the future. I gotcha, that um, makes but sense. But I can say that it was with Signature Theater off-Broadway, and um, I was going to go into rehearsals in the next week, so... So, with you going into rehearsals like that, what are your responsibilities? Well, they're different on every show. Um, on this show, I would have been a PA, which is a production assistant. So I would have been the lowest member of the stage management team. Okay. So um, on that, I would be doing tasks uh, that would normally be thought of as like a crew person task. So in rehearsal, I'd probably be giving the actors props, um, making sure that I was tracking things like where set pieces needed to come and go from. Um, it, it depends a lot on, you know, any given show, what the requirements are, what that job looks like. Um, but those are some of the things that I, I would be doing. I'd be in rehearsal every day for eight hours a day and uh, just doing whatever tasks were required of me. Okay. I, I've always wondered what, what jobs would be, because most of us, when we think of this, we just think of the performers on the stage. We don't think of the people behind the scenes. And I think it's very interesting to find out about this. Now, one more question before I leave. Five sure. years from now, what do you see yourself doing? Well, that's a big question mark now. My well, friend. I know. That's why I thought I'd ask. Um, you know, I, I would love in five years to be hopefully working um, in a regional theater or off-Broadway stage managing. Stage management is what I'm very passionate about. Okay. And that's the rooms that I want to keep being in. So ideally five years from now, you know, I'm working on a a big show and I'm in the rehearsal room with the people that I care about making a piece of art that will, you know, inspire somebody or um, give someone a a chance to see a version of life that maybe they, they wouldn't have conceived of before coming into that room and hearing that story and experiencing it with those people. So hopefully five years from now, I'm doing what I'm doing and there's no virus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we all hope that too. Kristen, thank you very much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. And the next time you're in this area, I would love to sit down and actually do another one with you, except in person, because I think you have a lot to share and I'm sure my audience would love to hear it. Well, thanks so much. This was really fun. I hope that I wasn't too rambly. (laughs) No, no, you were perfect. Thank you very much. And I will give your brother credit once again for making the arrangements, at least for you to find me on (laughs) Facebook. But again, Kristen, thank you very much and uh, good luck to you. And uh, I hope everything works out the way you want it to. Thanks so much. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
Bye. Kristen Tunney from New York City, formerly from uh, Brownsville, PA. And her brother, if you don't know, is Kelly Tunney, the photographer that does a lot of the theater work in the area. like to thank her again for joining us. I had a wonderful time. We're going to take a brief break, come back to uh, some final thoughts, and uh, wrap up another show for uh, whatever day of the week it is you're listening to. Here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Buckle up for safety, buckle up, buckle up for safety, always buckle up, pull your seatbelt snug, give an extra tug, buckle up for safety, buckle up, buckle up for safety, buckle up, buckle up for safety, always buckle up. The National Safety Council says if you don't have seatbelts, get them. If you do have seatbelts, use them. Hey. What's up? Thinking about you. XOXOXO. Want to snuggle? Dot, dot, dot. JK. Hit me back. You getting these texts? Question mark. We should hang later. I miss you. Holla at your boy. Holla back. Holla back. Holla back. Are you at home? Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. Are you with your ex? You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that's not cool.com. That's not cool. <laughs> Oh, welcome back to Online with Bill Alexander as we wrap everything up for another program. Again, thank you very much for Kristen Tunney for uh, joining me this evening to talk about what's going on in uh, Broadway and in the theater itself around the United States. I'm glad she was able to join us and give us a little bit of perspective of what's actually going on because most of us don't normally think about these things. But again, Kristen, thank you very much. And um, folks, if uh, you're looking for something to do, remember, I got a lot of programs you can listen to if you're in self-quarantine or maybe a friend hasn't heard the program yet go ahead and share the link it's available at italknet.com well tomorrow night which will be tuesday i'll be talking to a procrastination expert who was supposed to be on the show tonight but he put it off until tomorrow night i don't think <laughs> that's what he planned on doing but anyhow um, we'll be talking to Eric Twig tomorrow night here online with Bill Alexander. So we're going to wrap everything up right now. Everybody, you have a great one. We'll talk to you next time as we get ready to wrap everything up here on WMCK.FM and also on italknet.com. We'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Bill <laughs> Alexander.